Welcome to the show. I'm Stuart Goldsmith. Today I'm talking to Carl Hutchinson, who is a fantastic act that I am pleased to have worked with recently at the Glasgow Stand. And it's so exciting to see someone who you have known peripherally, gigged together with, you know, once or twice over the last 10 years or so, suddenly revealed to have shifted up several gears. And uh, that is absolutely the case with Carl. He was a beast when we worked together. Um, and he's also a beast in a hotel room, as you might hear, depending on whether or not uh, Nathan has left a certain fact uh, in this edit. We might, in fact, even start with it. Uh, really good fun talking to Carl. He's got such robust mental health, such a sort of a happy and healthy sense of himself. And uh, I think this episode will go on to be one of those that's like an object lesson in how to be an excellent comedian and remain happy. Here's Carl. I said to you last night, I don't want to, I don't want to just say, oh, hey, I got caught, you know, in a hotel. Yeah. I don't want to say the word because it's, it, I, I think it takes it down a level. Sure. So I've, I've just thought, top of my head, I was like in the shower, sounded out and I went, do you know, do you know the thing that all 14 year old boys get caught doing by the mother at one point right. in their life in the bedroom? Yep. Yeah. 32, Glasgow, Ibis Hotel. Yeah, great. So then that's the, <laughs> that's the leader. Then. So we were, we're, we're in Glasgow. We did the stand together last night and uh, you came in <laughs> and uh, you, you kind of opened socially with guys. It's been a, it's, it's been a day. And you told us about this event of being caught by the maid. Well, I think you said you, you got the card out. You brought it with the card and said, look, I got a card for a free drink mm -hmm. because this happened. Yes. <laughs> so you you just um, and we'll get we'll get into the nitty gritty. We won't get further into detail necessarily sure, sure. of that act. But um, that was really funny because you you there was a really happy accident out of which I think probably lots of people's gear is born at some mm -hmm. stage in their career. When you come into a dressing room and go, you're not going to believe what has literally just happened to me. And then three comics in the dressing room riffed on it for a bit. Yeah. And, and you ended up kind of going, I think we were trying to convince you, you should do something on this. You know, there's like, we've just got to bubble together a load of stuff. It's always that. It's always like, um, it's really embarrassing. Um, I can't believe that's happened to us. And like a few stories have happened like that. And then I'll I'll ring up me best mate or I'll ring up... Um, like uh, my wife or someone and just go like this is what's happened and it's usually my mate who goes um because he's also a comic goes like you want to you need to do that and just yeah. like you did last night i was like no i don't want, i don't want people to know that man and then you go well wait a minute hold on like you know i've got a job to do and yeah, like you, yeah you yeah. said last night well if i've ever got too if i've ever got too much material then yeah I... yeah then feel free to put it on the back burner yeah good problem to have and I I wonder about that. Your your tour at the moment is mm -hmm. called what? What's it called? Um, well, it's it's, it's crackers, mate. Um, so I'm I'm going back on tour okay. with all the places that did well the first time round. Okay. I've like I've went right. Well, let's just come straight back with a new show. So yeah. I've got a new show ready to um, ready to go in the making. Um, I think the first one's coming out in. I think my first date's like. Um, three weeks from now, something like that. Okay. Uh, but at the same time, the old tour has been extended. So I'm doing two different tours simultaneously. Ah, oh, that is very yeah. unusual. <laughs> that, I, I don't think I've heard of anyone doing yeah. that. Well, it's not really a tour. It's a collection of live dates. You know, it's, okay. it's not like, I mean, you know, I think anything over 20 dates, you call a tour sure. or, or whatever sure, sure. the number is. But you're holding two different, this is Acaster style. You're holding two <laughs> different shows in your head at once. Yes, and uh, but it's nice though because it's in... in when I'm doing the 
the let's get this right when I'm doing the old show I know I shouldn't behave like this yes and say if I'm down in London and I haven't remembered to sort a support out what I'll do is I'll do my own support and yeah. my own support will be the new show sure so gotcha. that it's in in my head so what I usually find myself doing I've done this a couple of times where I end up doing like about 50 break an hour 10 yeah and the 50 becomes the show for next yes. year and it's yes. just been a just juggling plates it's just been well, like <laughs> the reason i bring it up is um because it because the title was i know i shouldn't behave like this and um that seemed to me to like there, there's something that resonates there with the fact of you going oh i don't want to tell everyone about this thing that happened yesterday and often well if you're thinking i don't want to tell everyone this mm -hmm. that's the stuff everyone wants to hear you know that kind of not that it's necessarily just confessional but part of the stock in trade of a comic and particularly the type of comedy that you do it has a sort of a i'm a fucking idiot yeah do you know what i mean like that's part of your your uh lovability i think on stage but i think that's what you have to be though or well, that's what i have to be because like that's that's all that's i think i'm the most qualified to talk about that yes oh, sorry I'm, I'm more qualified to talk about that than anything else gotcha than me being uh, an idiot and it's like it's usually the stuff where where i'm mortified like um I was at a, we had a barbecue um, a few years back now, and um, me, I mean, this is all on stand-up anyway, sure. so, um, <clears throat> but I don't share the video now out of respect for the, the couple. <laughs> I say out of respect. <laughs> what I, what I'm an still intro, God. I'm, still, <laughs> I'm still recorded it, and it's still yeah. on there, but, well, you know what, if I'm plugging something, I'll not share the, the video anymore, because it's like, you know, we've made up and all that, but yeah. um, I got thrown out of me mate's barbecue, okay. asked to leave, because... Um, Somebody was, you know, do you know when, oh, the comedians arrived at the, the party oh, and yeah, he was yeah. just like giving it that. Oh yeah, someone feels their social status is being challenged yes. by the fact of you being a comedian, yes. so they have to and, and he <laughs> took yeah. exception to it, yes. Sure. So he's, but you know, that happens, the very fact, I said that and you're just, oh, okay, yeah, that. Oh, that thing, yeah. So um, I'm just ignoring him all night, but Sophie's, me and my wife's not used to it. So um, <laughs> um, after a while he said something and Sophie just went, yeah, nah. And um, I believe the line was, um, who the fucking hell are you with your stupid fucking three-quarter lens pants because you're too fucking fat for short? <laughs> and I thought that was hilarious. She said that, your wife oh, said yeah, that. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then that became, and then right, you know, let's go, like, we were the bad guys then because we, we, like, I don't know, I think you, you we argued better. Yeah, yeah, okay, sure, sure. <laughs> I, I still maintain they started it, but I w it was horrible, and it was like, it, and it was a horrible thing because we had a big fallout with um, with friends, and I was like, right, and then, and you know, me and Sophie were like, um, we argued as well, and it was like, and then it, it, it it's that thing you go, you know what, like, I'm sure this has happened to other people. Let's just put it out there, and that's, yeah. I guess that's how, I don't know, maybe it's like just how you deal with it. Do you know what I mean? You go, you, it's like, well, that's why I came to the dressing room yesterday with, um, that it's like. If, you were shaken. <laughs> if, if, if I own it first, then yeah. it's like, you can't, you can't get to us. Do you know yeah. what I mean? It's like, you know, uh, you hear like, you go to prison and you, you, you hit the tallest guy. And yeah, all sure. it's like, so you've got to walk on stage and hit yourself first. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, nice. Yeah, nice analogy. <laughs> so something really lovely happened last night, which I love, it, it's, it, it's rare. But it's so much fun. I love when I'm working with someone who I know a little bit. Like we've never toured together. We've never done a long drive together. We, done we, we've done two gigs. Yeah, something, like, something that. like that. Enough that we know who each other are. I think I've followed you around on tour. Like whenever I'm in uh, the northeast, I'll go. I'll go. Oh, I'm on a loop. Where's yeah. Carl? You know, <laughs> we've we're, seen each other's posters. Exactly. <laughs> we've seen each other's posters more than each other's faces in real life. But 
we did we did the stand Glasgow last night, and so you're someone I know and I like, but I'm not familiar with much of your act. I've seen clips online, I've seen, I've seen you work, and it's good. And then I saw you just destroy last night. It was so much fun, and I was properly. From a couple of minutes in, I was hooting with laughter at the back of the room like a twat, making the audience turn around like, who's this guy? <laughs> I know I know. heard you, but there's, yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> there's no better feeling when you make the comics laugh. Yeah, right? right, right, right. Like, as long as you're not, that's not what you intend to do. Sure. You know what I mean? Oh, you're, sure, you're, sure, sure. But, but when you can make the comic laugh be, from something you're, when you're trying to make the audience laugh, that's, that's the best thing. Absolutely. Well, you know, it was great. How was that for you? How did it feel? Did that feel like a particularly good gig or did that feel like this is just... This it, is just what I do. In all honesty, I was on stage going, that's not as good as last time. <laughs> <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. But you can't tell them that because they, no, you know, they don't know. Oh, yeah, because um, you've been you've done the Thursday, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. so it was just... Um, uh, and then, uh, I don't know, I, I guess I wasn't enjoying it as much as I would like to because I I, I had the, the a new bit to try at the end and then once I saw what the time was, I was like, oh, okay. Oh, you had to ditch. Do I, yeah. do I hurry these... These two bits, or do I do this one bit really slowly? And I, uh, or like, I'm not really slowly, but you know. <laughs> that's one of, one of the options is to just I'll do half as much material really slowly. But take me time, rather, you know, because um, sure. the thing that I did at the end, you, you, it's, uh, I mean, it's just, it is just me being a dick, pretending to be drunk, ordering a kebab at yeah. three in the morning. But you can, you can rush through it, or really take your time and yeah, it, yeah. but it, it's the audience makes a decision it's like if the audience doesn't give you anything you're going oh okay you're going to get the short version no worries that's fine that's what you want but if if the laugh at just the me doing a face you go oh are you okay yeah no I think yeah. we can get five minutes yeah like, yeah, let's, yeah. Let's see. see you had some great act outs we talked about that a little bit afterwards and we, 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 we will do more but uh, the act outs were great one of the things I really noticed I think your your it, it wasn't your kind of introductory remarks, but your kind of opening gambit was about being house drunk. Yes. And it struck me so many of the chunks that you did, it was like big chunky stand-up. And each one of them was, it had this platform of like a really rock solid premise. Do you know what I mean? That oh, was really, yeah, well it really was. It, really, I, it was one of those things where like I saw you and kind of went, even since the last time I saw you, which will be a few years ago, you've gone up several gears. Like that was part of the joy for it, was that's going, I, I, I know this guy, oh, I don't know this. You know, that's a lovely feeling. <laughs> oh, that's really nice, thank you. Well, I'm, I was such a fan of it. I thought it was fantastic work. And so those, pla what were the other ones that you did? What were the other big chunks? There was like house drunk. Um, the set list last night, it went, it was house drunk. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a cat man, I, I prefer cats. Um, and then it was um, after that. Jesus Christ! I'm gonna to have to do it the night. So oh, I should the uh, the lying down, kids lying down. That's, when, when oh they're yeah, because it was like I bought a house, so I want to get my money's worth. So oh I'm my god! But this is what the roll plugs, right? Yeah, oh, you yeah, did yeah. a bit about roll plugs I that I said. Yeah. I was next to Christopher KC at the bar. Very very funny act. He'd done great. And uh, I just I walked over to him as you were on, and I said, I am furious that I did <laughs> that I didn't come up with doing stuff about roll plugs. I have such an intimate relationship with roll plugs. It's horrible man. Aren't and uh, I, I I I'm not going to express an opinion on them. I, I sometimes I love them, sometimes I hate them. But that's what you covered. You that thing of blatting it in with a hammer. Um, like it was just such kind of um, it was really relatable. And I think I always think like. I'm always up there trying to get them on board with my life. Mm -hmm. And I felt like, ah, oh, here's someone who is on board with their lives. Right, okay, wow. Um, I, yeah, again, it's like you don't set out to do that. You just sure. go, what, what can I talk about? What has happened to me? And But I always try and deliberately, you know, just go, right, 
who gets house drunk like this, that, and the other, like yeah. who's bought a house, who hasn't. Just, I just think it's it makes it easier to go straight into the thing, yeah. into the bit, rather than going, I've bought a house. Sure. Listen to me. It's like, no, I want to know about you. Well, I want to pretend I know about. I want to know about you, yeah, yeah, <laughs> so sure. that I can go and do the sure. rest of it. <laughs> but I, I just, I just felt like it really, um, it was just big, powerful stuff. And I know you're doing, like, so what, how how many tours have you done? Because I think of you like before having seen you last night. I was kind mm-hmm. of coming to this. I knew I was going to have you on the show. I'd looked at some of your clips online, and I, I was also, I was coming to this with like my preconceptions about you. So I suppose. A few years ago, I was like, oh, he's the guy that does Chris Ramsey's support. Mm-hmm. Like that was, you've done a lot of that, right? Yeah, yeah, still doing it. They're uh, going to go uh, back with him uh, next year, 2020. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So there's, I think of you as like Carl the support act. And then, which is, you know, one of the, you know, you don't sure. you want to have yeah, that around yeah, your neck, course. but you know, <laughs> um, that in terms of preconceptions, like, okay, he's, he does Chris Ramsey's support. And um, I remember being surprised to see how many dates were on your tour posters. When I would see your tour posters, I was like, Oh, this guy has a solid base in the northeast and is expanding. Mm-hmm. So, talk to me about that that process. You know I mean, because it, I feel like you're you're you've got us. You've got a couple of good footholds, right? That you're like, oh, this yeah, is this is there's there's traction. It's 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 going it's going well, and that's that's all I want uh, to say. Like with regards to you know, pat you, you never want to pat yourself on the back because you know tomorrow you go, oh god, it's all gone. Like that's always the fear for me. It's always like. I like, don't think that fear ever ends. The amount of people I talk to who are like, yeah. you know, Romesh or something, the world it could all end tomorrow. It's not going to end tomorrow <laughs> for Romesh. But that's what keeps you motivated, though, isn't it? That's what keeps you, you keep writing and keep like, mm-hmm. doesn't take your foot off the pedal. You don't, you, you never want to get like um, complacent or anything. But um, with regards to uh, your question, mate, it was all just like, it was all Ramsey. Um, I was on tour with him and, you know, he, he said something to the effect of like, do you not want to just, Put a show on at the stand in Newcastle. I was like, what? well, no, people don't want to, people, people aren't going to come and see me. He was like, made the will. He was like, we're doing two nights at the Theatre Royal, like, plug your show. Yeah. And, you know, and I did, and it sold out, and I went, oh, okay. Oh, I got a minute. <laughs> yeah, all right. I, li- I like, uh, I, li- I like this. Um, and then it went from there. I think there was like, there was a handful of places that uh, were really, it was like Leeds, Sheffield, Hull, um, I want to say, probably be missing some out so apologies but there was there was five or six where I was like okay I did that and I just it was just a collection of live dates and I was like right that worked and then the next tour it was uh, I think it expanded to like 15 uh, you know yeah. you roll the dice on a, on like a lemon and spa sure or a, or a bristol you go like oh okay well you know it's a big I always just went from the premise of it's a big theater I'm supporting Ramsey and if I can get 10% of that to yeah. come to a comedy club yeah, I've sold yeah, the comedy yeah. club out and it, that's it's just went from there. So it just went from like a, a twenty day to thirty. To, and I think the last one was like sixty two days. And now I'm just telling Avalon, I would book um, a, a room like of a like a decent capacity for the full tour, and that'll be my tour after I've supported. That's Chris. correct. So it is, and I don't I don't use this word with any negative connotation, but it's like a parasitical <laughs> tour. <laughs> I <just laughs> to say parasitical. <laughs> But that's really smart. And that what, what I like about that as well is it shows a certain amount of humility. Yeah. Because I think, I mean, what, what are your, uh, are there challenges with being someone's support act? Because, uh, and particularly because I, I think of you and Ramsey and I think of Kai and Sloss. Yes. Like, 
which seem like these are like best mates who go on tour together, have a great time. And with Kai, I feel like he's his minder. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, I don't know if it's something similar. You're quite a big guy these days. <laughs> but it, that seems like what a fun way to have a career. To, to, not to have a career, but like to, what a fun launch pad. Touring with your mate, being able to kind of siphon off a little bit of their audience to not not like a parasite, but you know, but in order to to build it and to grow your own, mm-hmm. are there downsides to that? And is there is there kind of like, you know, when I've done tour support for people, I love it, but it's also it's like doing TV warm up. You're like me, yeah. me, 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 this guy or this this thing. Yeah, but it's like I think it would be if if me and Chris weren't already friends before we got into comedy. We've known each other since we're you? since we're fifteen, so it's like. Okay. It's great. It's um, I've I mean yeah. The, I, I guess the downsides, the barbecue story I told you, the thing that um pushed Sophie over the edge. Yeah. Uh, he said something to the effect of like, oh well, he's he's only Chris Ramsey's sidekick, and right, then okay. Sophie launched into who the hell are you? Okay. Would that um, have annoyed you in the way that it annoyed your wife? Nah. Because I think it annoyed us the first time, and then you know you just hear it so often, you just get used to it again. Right, I no worries. It's fine. Like it, Chris hates it as well because there's, there's sometimes where it's like, um, like they'll tweet both of us where they'll just praise one of us. Yeah. And we'll go to each other and we'll go, "What are they trying to do? Are they trying to like break up?" Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, what what are they aiming to achieve? I remember Ed Gamble saying this about going on tour with Greg Davies, always getting handed the camera to take pictures. Yeah. Of the fan. Oh yeah, the yeah. Star. That, that happened a few times. Yeah, but you know, bloody hell, that's that's part of the job. You know, you go fine, like. I've got no qualms with that at all. You just go, okay, no worries. Um, and then the other times it's like, you know, because um, we'll come out because Ramsey's got like merch to sell. That's another thing. He's so selfless because like I'll, I'll be checking my ticket sales at the end of the show and it's like, oh, this gig's sold out. He's going, ah, you've just taken away from me program sales. Like, yeah, yeah. Cheers, mate. <laughs> um, but he, he's so... <laughs> because the inference there is people have... At the end of his show, they've spent what money they had left on buying a ticket for you yeah. rather than buying his merch. And that's, that's hilarious. And that's how selfless he is. He just goes like, <laughs> you know, he always says, I'd rather to do that than, than yeah, that, yeah. like, because he's just a nice guy like that. And um, But yes, yeah, so sometimes you'd be handing flyers out at the end of the show and like somebody will make a comment of like, oh, like you're shilling or this, that and the other. And you just go, just, just forget about it the next day. You're shilling? Shilling, like yeah, you 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 plug in. You're like, oh sh- shameless self promotion. Yeah, gotcha. Somebody, okay. Yeah, somebody yeah. said that once, actually. Like, I and I, I wouldn't care, but I, I think I died on my ass that night as well. <laughs> and it's like, but you can't tell with theatre sometimes. Yeah. There's um, Swindon's a bastard for that, mate. Like, <laughs> I've got Swindon coming up. I've done it once before. <laughs> I really enjoyed it, but go on, tell me, warn me. Uh, it was wife and theatre, and um, oh yeah, yeah. Well, I've started making notes. Now. I've not got that coming up. It's a much <laughs> smaller studio art centre, aren't yeah. No, no, I was I was doing that with Chris, and yeah. come off, and um, I will go like that was that was dreadful. Like we're both going, yeah, yeah, but I don't know, I don't know what happened there. And then you come out to do the autographs and all that, and everyone's absolutely fucking buzzing. Yeah. That's just sometimes you just that's just how an audience behaves, and you go right, fine, no worries. And you've got to make yourself do the hustle, even when you don't believe in it. Yes, like when you you've got to. There might be you might you might shift the same number of post-show ticket sales after what you perceive to be a bad gig. Absolutely. As what you perceive to be your best gig. Me? So you've got to plaster the smile on it. Yeah, go, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, plaster it on You've got to find something in you that believes in yourself still. But you just think, like, you know, if I'm if I'm away from home and I'm I'm I'm, work, I'm here in, like, like, Brighton or something, you go, I might as well, I might as well 
for every time, every minute I'm away from home, I might as well try and contribute to my job. So you go, that's that's what gets gets us to go out and because what else am I going to do? Just sit there and play on my phone. I'll do that after. So this is Carl, hugely fun to talk to him. And uh, what I love about Carl is he is so, he's just kind of bubbling over with this zest for life that makes me feel relatively old and brittle by comparison. Uh, I'm sure I have zesty moments, but do you know what, mate? Get up early in the morning, work out, work hard and uh, achieve your goals. Someone should write a book about it. I don't know what they'd call it. Uh, maybe it's something to do with uh, his background in uh, in proper jobbery. Uh, I often think that comics who've uh, done something tough at some point in their life uh, might regard comedy as uh, sort of something of an away day and maybe if you can hang on to that zest then that'll help propel you. More from Carl in just a second. You can find out where and when Carl is on tour by going to google.com and putting the words Carl Hutchinson tour into the little bar that you see there. Can you tell? I'm out and about backstage pre-gig and uh, I'm ill-prepared for, uh, for recording these blurbs. But such is life. The show must go on, and it all goes on a lot faster when I just get round to things rather than endlessly procrastinating. So my tour continues apace. I'm pleased to say we've sold out Bristol once again, which is very exciting. Um, although less so, of course, if you are a member of my extended family who missed out on a ticket due to a miscommunication about who was buying what and who was on whose list and who wasn't. So uh, very deep apologies, uh, particularly because my 14-year-old godson was going to come and see me for the first time ever. Uh, he will have to wait. Actually, that's, it's a bit of pressure off, if you ask me. He's very funny. I don't think I could face being heckled by a 14-year-old. Comedy for kids is one thing, but actual teenagers. Ooh. Anyway, um, more from me at the end, but right now, let's get back to Carl Hutchinson. You mentioned earlier on that you uh, you train like you go to the gym every day. Yes. Every day? Well, uh, about five five times a week. Okay. Is that that I'm always I marvel at anyone that can have the self discipline to do that. Do you do you are you quite a self disciplined person in terms of like your work ethic? Um, I I think so. Yeah, I've I've got like hours set aside every day for you know uh, like admin. Um, you know all of all the things of like you know. Um, print for the posters and um you know just all the all the stuff that goes along with it and then stuff for writing you know make sure that you're writing all the time um god what's an average week how many how much writing you do i'm not that's sounding really challenging i didn't mean it to i'm just interested in the way you live your, your creative life um i'd probably say i mean i get a lot done when i'm on the train really mate mm -hmm. like because <clears throat> newcastle like everywhere is at least two hours so I go yeah, two hours okay. here, two hours back. I go, well, that's all writing. That's great. Just put my headphones in and just write, just free write sometimes. And just, you know, if you get something. I've usually got about 20 things like that I've wrote in my phone. Yeah. And then <clears throat> I'll put them in the, like, I've still got like a ledger, like pen and paper and that. And a ledger? I'll, yeah, it's a ledger, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I've never heard anyone use the word <laughs> ledger before. To me, a ledger is like some sort of huge official solicitor's... <laughs> Thing. But you mean it like a note, a notebook? A notepad, yeah. Yeah, okay, no, no. <laughs> Carl's ledger, I like it. So and, I, so, and you said free writing? Yeah, just like, um, I'll, so, I'll write the ideas down, like any like subsequent ideas I've got to go from that. Yeah. But then something grabs us where I go, oh, okay. And then I've got like a big, 
a big chunk to write from that, and yeah. then, and that because and then you know you whittle that down, eventually get to bullet points, and then you, then you start sounding it out, you know, in the shower, walking around the house, and then you've kind of got a blueprint for when you can first try it on okay. stage. But I always think it's a blueprint. I think it's like it's always the stuff that I think's funny never kind of sees the light of day. It's it's only when you go on and because it's a two way thing. It's like once you listen to the crowd, you go, oh shit, there's something there, right? Okay, yeah, yeah, let's let's. Because it's all, it's never the thing that you you think. It's always like something else, and it's so that's why it's a blueprint because it it is going to change. It's gonna, yeah, it, it's gonna adapt. It's gonna some stuff's gonna get cut. Some stuff's gonna get added, and you go, let's just see what happens. And where did you come up with that system? Is that kind of a self-discovered system? Have you yeah. ever done classes or read books about stand-up or anything like that? Just invented it for yourself? Just yeah, just that was the only way to. To do it, I still remember when I got my first gig, um, and I rang up a guy called Aldos who booked uh, the Dog and Parrot, oh. and I just rang, and I was I was only in university, I was second year university. That's the most British sounding gig I've ever heard. <laughs> the Dog and Parrot. <laughs> <The> dog and parrot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's always there's something and something in it, um, but then I was like, right, okay, you've got five minutes, and I was like, right, okay, um, best get ready. I just start just. So you booked the gig before having any gear? Yeah. Yeah. Great. Of course, I always recommend everyone does that. <laughs> yeah. Did you pretend that you had gear? He didn't ask. Okay. He just okay. said five minutes. I was like, right, okay, no worries. Okay. Um, and then it was just, yeah, just, just free writing. I think that's the only way I've ever uh, done it. Sometimes, though, I mean, what, I've, what I used to do, I used to try and, like, learn everything word for word, like, like a, almost like a script, and then go on. But I've only just, when it's new stuff now... I've only just started writing the stuff on my hand mm. just as like a get you back on track if you but doing that allows us to you know just listen to the audience and react to the audience a bit more yes. so then you know because you can go off and then you go oh fuck where was I yeah and the notes new stuff anyway so you go right okay look at me hand back back on that's a good point actually the advantage of you know it's easy to look down on people with jokes written on their hand mm -hmm. and I've certainly done that myself certainly for new stuff or, a, or actually a gig gig when they're sufficiently far away that I think no one will see it. Because I just think it frees me up creatively if none of my mind is trying to do any remembering. Yeah. Like remembering isn't the same as being creative or performing or anything Absolutely. like that. So actually just being able to see it, yeah. I've only just got wise to that as well. Yeah. It's, it's literally only just um, the last year or so I've started started doing that and it, it feels a lot better. I feel like I can just be me a lot more on stage as opposed to here's something I've learned in the house. Yeah, sure. And what other kind of changes have have happened? What what developed in the way you work? Like, what do you do differently now to what you did when you started? Um, well, I just used to write when I felt like it because I was, you know, studying maths and statistics, and then I was a teacher, and it was I would do normally lesson planning on trains to gigs and all that. So I would just kind of write material as and when it occurred to us. Okay. Whereas now it's like. Um, just more disciplined, just like you do it on a, on a more regular basis um, mm -hmm. type of thing. I think, so how often I write has changed. Um, I think that's it. I've kind of just kept the same way of doing it though. Yeah. And who were you before you got into comedy? Like what kind of kid were you? Were you a funny kid? Were you, what was your... Uh... <clears throat> well, that's the thing. It was like, it, it's a bit of a cliche, like, isn't it? Because um, I was, I remember the, the first time um, someone said you should do stand-up comedy, it was, it was year eight in school and <laughs> it was break time and I had an audience and me set was just doing impressions of all the teachers 
And I was like, I'm fucking ripping this. Guy. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird we see that as a stereotypical beginning, but relatively few comics that I've spoken to have said, I was absolutely the class oh, clown. Oh, the cliche. Yeah. It's, it's often, I, I was jealous of the class clown. <laughs> That's a more common thing. Okay, so you're doing impressions of the teachers and stuff. Oh, yeah, I had them all down as well. Like, uh... <laughs> yeah, and then... Um... And then it was, I, I, I did drama at school as well. So I, I did like, um, I, I did GCSE drama and um, and then, so that was 16. And then from 16 to 19, I didn't do anything uh, creatively. I was in something called the European Youth Parliament, which was like a, a debating society. So okay. um, that kind of took up all all the extracurricular time. But it was, oh, but it was debating. Yeah, so, so you it were, was, it was performative. Of, yeah. You were trying to win arguments. Yeah, so which is still kind okay. of like a performance. And um and then after that, all my friends went off to university. I was going to go to Edinburgh, but I didn't get in. I only got a B at A-level on math, so I, I, I got Newcastle on clearing. So I was like, I found myself at 19. Fuck, I thought I was going to be away from home, like in halls of residence, in a city I didn't know. I'm in Newcastle, and I'm living with my mum and dad, and I'm at uni, and I'm trying to, hey, this is meant to be the best days of your life. And ah, living and was, at home and at uni. So, and you know, to get in the, the bus in the uni every day, so you I missed out on all the, the going out. And oh, no. That. Yeah, yeah. So, I made my freshers' week was dog shit. It was, oh, it was terrible. God, that's so yeah, painful. Yeah, it's horrible. <laughs> I've tried to, it's really sad, actually. Like, I've, I told Ramsey this, and he's just like, he laughed his head off. It was like, um, freshers' week, you got given a little booklet where it was like, um, you know, like half off Subway, yeah, free, yeah, yeah. you know, fucking burger and chips at McDonald's for one ninety nine, no drink and all that. And one of them was like um, half off a free ride on uh, a roller coaster at Metroland, which is an indoor theme park in um, a shopping centre in Gateshead. Okay. And um, me and this other lad who must have been in a similar position um, <laughs> just got the bus from Newcastle to Gateshead to the Metro Centre, went on the roller coaster and just went back home. Freshers week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate. <laughs> it was fucking pathetic. Oh, mate. Yeah, so that, that that's the thing you said, who was I before I did it? Like, I didn't really feel like I was anyone. I didn't really, like, looking back, it was like, this has kind of became me identity almost. And I was yeah. like, because I was 19, you just go, I'm writing stuff down and it's like, you know, like, for what, would eventually be stand-up. I didn't know why I was writing it down. I was like, you know what? I'm going to go try stand-up comedy. I've always been a fan. I think I've got something. So let's, and that's what led to the phone call type thing. So did you take anything from, I'm interested in the youth, the European Youth Parliament. Yeah. <laughs> and the idea of debating. Did you, do you, do you feel yourself using anything from that? Did you learn anything there that you put into, that you put into practice in stand-up? No, it was just a bit more of a piss up, really. Like, okay, yeah. <laughs> um, it was a, it was a bit of a social thing, really. Like, if anything, you you learn how to how to go on, how to behave, like when to you know when to speak and when to not speak, really. Like, which I think it it's done more for us socially than than professionally. I think that's a ni- that's nice to hear. Um, that and that's a good point. You know, comedians are often terrible people. Yeah. <laughs> like we had a really nice night out last night. What a what a what a what a pleasant surprise of a night it out was, that yeah. was with Fred uh, McCauley and Fred, Tim Clark. Yeah, yeah, they just turned up from uh, the um, uh, Tim had been doing the what was it? What was he doing? Um, the ro- rotunda. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought it was the ah uh, yeah yeah. All right, so he was doing that, 
And yeah, we just ended up just having a lovely night, pleasant night. I said to you, when we're going to do this, um, like Saturday like morning or whatever, and I was like, oh, great, I'll keep up from having a late one on Friday. And yeah, 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 disastrous. Late one, kebab and chips. I'll, I'll tell you what, I woke up this morning having had what, like I imagine you had, a nice drink. For me, I was like, I had four pretty big-sized bottles of Star of Pram in there. I don't really drink that. I, I drink, I drink. me and my wife share one small can of craft lager at night when we're at oh, home because we just, because we've got to get up with the baby course, and stuff, yeah, you know. Yeah. So it's like, oh, there we go. A tiny little bit of lager. <laughs> That'll do me. So, but, and this is bringing it back to your stuff. I woke up this morning, I laughed so hard because my first thought was, All's well that ends well, which, I, which for the sake of the bit, this is what I mean about your stuff, which is so relatable. I want to talk to you about how you pin down the observations that you've got, because the bedrock of observation is so strong in your material. That bit that you have about waking up after a, a night on the piss and then just realising you haven't done anything terrible. Yeah. <laughs> and But it made me laugh so much that I, it was the timing was perfect as well, like having heard that bit for the first time last night, got a bit drunk, but remember to eat before I went to bed. I've managed to get seven hours sleep, which is unheard of for me at the moment. And I woke up and I, I kind of just came online and went, all's well that ends well. Like, I, I laughed so hard. So like the thing about getting a Domino's and the oh, potato yeah. wedges are always terrible. Yeah. Like they're always rock solid. See, like, see, see that, when you read these off one after the other, Yeah, I listen. I think uh, the listenership of this podcast knows me well enough to know. I only have people on it who I think are fucking spectacular. And it's, yeah, when you read the lines off, one by one, fine. But it, they just, all of those jokes, they really tickled me. I was shout laughing at some of them because I was like, that is, it's, I tell you what it is, it's been staring me in the face. Like the rule plugs bit. You know what I mean? It's not that the joke, it's not like the idea that the Domino's potato wedges are always hard is exceptionally funny in itself. It's built into a routine. And it's just a point at which, like all the best observations, the listener is like, how did I not think of that? Mm -hmm. You know, like the bit I always come back to is Jerry Seinfeld's bit about realising whenever he's in the shower, he washes parts of his body in the same order every time, every shower yeah, he yeah, has. And I heard that, I was like, oh, how did I not get that? How did I not get to rule plugs? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. like talk to me about kind of almost selecting those bits or or do you know when you're like oh that observation's gonna fly nah never know never ever know that's that's why i'm always so so i'm always nervous anyway because you know you just gotta prove yourself every night but it's like um i'm i'm doubly nervous on new material because i've got no idea like i've, I've got i've got what i think is funny some of it might work, some of it won't. Uh, so no, I've got no idea. But what I've started to do is, I think, you know, if you look at the word observation, it has to, it, it is that, it's an observation. So I, I think the mistake I was making a lot of times was I was going on and I was just seeing the observation, which you kind, I feel like I kind of was showing me arse because it was either a weak observation or I was presenting it not in the right way because I'm going hello I am a man and here's things I've noticed which automatically you start negative equity because you know I feel like the audience goes well, all right okay so let's let's see about this sure whereas if I can fucking get three or four observations but disguise it in a story and mask the observations as an aside it it's not it's like oh fuck he wasn't even meant to be talking about that and that's hilarious so I think that's kind of the the thing I fell into, it was never deliberate. It was just, and I was like, well, it's not working as a straight up observation. So I'm going to just, I'm going to put it in there. 
Very smart. I've noticed, I, I absolutely noticed you doing that. And I noticed there's that one of the books, I can't remember who wrote it, a lady, but I don't remember her name. But um, one of the, I didn't even, I think I've read the, the whole book, but there was a particular chapter about joke writing. And she said that you need to connect A and B in order to get to C and then rub out your working out. Mm-hmm. Do you yes. mean you yeah, need to yeah, get there and then, and then disguise the fact of how you got there so that people are allowed to kind of retcon, they, they can work, out, work it out backwards and then you get the luck. Yeah. So that I've, I've felt you, I felt you do that a few times and it's fascinating hearing you say it now that, that you've kind of fallen into the right way of doing it to just disguise it, to just mm-hmm. not go, here is the thing I think is funny, mm-hmm. but to actually mention the thing you think is funny on the way to somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. It's just, again, and it's all just finding out from trial and error. You only, I only found that out from dying on my arse so many times. And <laughs> you go, right, okay, well, if you can just adapt and, you know, as long as you don't do the same thing all the time, um, you know, if you die on your arse, don't do the same, don't do it exactly the same. Do you know what I mean? Because you're just going to die on your ass again. Yeah, yeah. So it was just like from, like you said, uh, like I said, try and learn. And what about your your kind of uh, happiness throughout the like, Were you a happy kid? Yeah, yeah. I think I'm a happy person all the time. I really am. Uh, my wife hates us for it. Because <laughs> she's, she's got a real job. She works for HMRC. Okay. <laughs> and she says, well, it's like you wake up and it's like you're constantly on fucking holiday. <laughs> you're yeah. constantly just buzzing. And I was like, well, of course I am. Like, look what I do for a living. I get to, I get to do the thing that I've always wanted to do, and I don't have to have a real job. Sure. I'm, so I'm absolutely buzzing all the time. Anytime I meet a, a comic, an artist who is as happy and humble as you are, part of me wants to, well, part of me wants to prove you wrong somehow. <laughs> I, want to, I want to break it. Like, come on, it's, or it like this, either I want to discover some darkness under it that's like, what's really going on. Uh, or I want to go. How do I? How do I copy this? Do you know what I mean? So what, what? Like, what is it? What? What could you? What could you do to help someone else have that outlook that you have? So you're asking us to give advice now? Yeah, Jesus yeah, yeah. Christ. Um, I don't know. I mean, God knows you never he's ever asked us that. Um, what? What could I say to somebody to make them as buzzing as me? Yeah. Don't take it so seriously, I'd say. <laughs> Maybe don't it's it's not the end of the world. Um I've there's a lot of things if I wanted to be unhappy, I, I could be. Um, you know what I mean? It's like it's that thing you fall into when you've got your class, you've got your class of comedians who you come up with, yeah, and you see, oh, that one ends up over there, that one ends up doing that, and you go, Oh fuck, I'm getting left behind. You go, realize, well, no, it's because people just accelerate at different speeds and you just go. I'll get to wherever I'm going to get to. If it, if something's going to happen, it's going to happen. If it's not, fine. But Jesus Christ, what if what if it never happened? What if it happened when I was 50 and I go, I've spent from age of 19 to 50 being fucking miserable and bitter because it hasn't happened yet. And what if I spend my whole life that way? The fucking hell, I've, I've wasted my life being bitter. Like, I, I just don't think it's a, it's a healthy way to live. So I go... I can be happy, but not content. And that's kind of how I just, I'm always looking to do better, but I'm always trying to appreciate what I've got at the same time. Such great advice. That's great <laughs> advice. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Oh, part of me is like, more. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think that's a really good, but that analogy specifically of like, what if you make it when you're 50? 
and you spent all the time between now and 50 grumbling. It'd be horrible, wouldn't it? Yeah. Nobody, you'd, you'd have no friends, you'd, you'd clear a green room. Which, which would have <laughs> We've all seen that happen. Of course, yeah. Clear a green room. <laughs> <laughs> you know, everyone's got the top three of like, oh, Jesus Christ, yeah, he's not sure. on, is he? Fucking hell, he's hard work. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just, yeah, just, um, just be thankful for what you got. I'm not trying to um, be like a like a, the Dalai Lama or anything, but I'm just I am buzzing all the time. I get to I get to do this for a living. <laughs> I wonder if it's people who've had real jobs in the past appreciate this. More. Well, that's, I've had a lot of dog shit jobs. Yeah. But, <laughs> like, yes, um, I had. Um, I my first job was um, I've had two jobs in factories. Uh, ah. Just in case you didn't know, I was from the northeast. Um, <laughs> one of them was like, you see, like um, it was called Scanham. It was a Norwegian company. Um, oh, I got it when I was sixteen because my uncle was the manager there, and it was like, um, you see, like something like a, a fairy liquid bottle or something like that. Yeah. And um, my job was to get like this plastic sheet and give it to the guy who would put it into a machine, um, who would print the thing. Fairy liquid was just an example. They did many labels, and then I worked in St James's Park, um, serving burgers and pies at half time. Okay. That was fucking shite. Um, and then, oh, what did I do after that? I had I had a few more jobs and like, did a bit of spot welding. Um, this oh, is all well. I'd love to know how to spot weld. It's a piece of is piss. It, is it? Just got a, you've just got a mesh. You get the two, uh, two bits of metal, put it in the mesh. You uh, pull this thing down, sp- spot welding on the spot. But yeah, it was target driven. So I had to do so many. So I got the sack because I was too slow. Um, but this was all while I was at university, just like, you know, paying your way and all that. Okay. Um, while everyone else is out doing freshers week. Yeah. <laughs> living at home. Were you living at home for the whole of university? Um, third year, um, I found three friends who um, I could move in with, <laughs> <laughs> who were all on my maths course. And then um, uh, and that, that was it, yeah. But at that point, I was already doing comedy. So every time they were going out, I was, I was using all my student loan on train tickets for open spots and all that type of stuff. Nice. <laughs> um, and then I had another job where I was a janitor in another factory so I was cleaning night shift to- I would come in at like 7 in the morning I was cleaning like 12 bloke toilets from night shift so you can imagine how monkey that was and then then I um, graduated so I went straight into a PGC straight into a teaching job and it was like all of a sudden I've got, I've got a Money, I've got salary. Yeah, uh, and then things with comedy was picking up a bit more. So, so like, you were always, so you were gigging before you became a teacher. You always had gigging, not yeah. always, but like in your first career. Yeah, yeah. You, had, you were you because people was always, there was there a point at which you were continuing to train and apply for teaching for your teaching job, whilst knowing you weren't going to do it for long because you were going to be a comic. Yeah, yeah. Um, not proud of it, um, but yeah, um, I was like, right, I, I need a job. The only thing I know how to do is is maths, other than, you know, um, well, I didn't even know how to do comedy at that point. So, yeah, maths. And then um, so I was like, right, what can I do with maths? Well, teaching's the first thing that comes to mind. I can get six weeks off. I can do Edinburgh. Yeah, I get um, <laughs> And then it was just, and the reason why I quit, because it was like, it got to the point where I was like, if, if I continue doing both, I'm going to do, I'm not going to do the teaching to the best of me ability. It was like, I found a way to manage. Like I was going down, doing gigs, take me laptop, take all the kids' exercise books, you know. Uh, Manchester to London was two and a half hours. So I would do all my marketing, come back, do all the lesson plan for the next week and all that. So I had everything in in check. Do you know what I mean? It was, But then, yeah, I slipped up a couple of times. I was like, yeah, this is getting a bit 
daft this like I'm, I'm now doing a disservice so I was like I'm getting <laughs> left, left slipped up which is supposed to be thinking of like leaving all of the kids exercise books on a train <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, very hard to explain that the dog ate all of your homework <laughs> no I never did anything uh, anything like that like I um, it was just uh, I remember one time I was um, I was doing an open spot at um, outside the box for uh, Maff Brown I think it was Wimbledon and I had this train to go back and I was like, right, I can get if I do this train, I can get back for like twelve. I can I can get a taxi. You were living in Newcastle, uh, Manchester. Manchester, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I was like, right, and then I think it was last minute. Andy Parsons turned up, and he um because it was his local, and he was trying out a load of gear from up the week, and yeah. so that like that added forty five minutes to me window. So I ended up I ended up getting back at about like three, like like two, three in in bed for I remember twenty to four. And then I was up at six, and I was just like, "Oh God damn it!" Like this is this is rank. <laughs> but I and what got us through that? I would wake up and I would walk to work, and in my head, just to get us through it, I would go like, "One day this will just be a memory," and like I remember saying that to myself all the time. One day it'll be a memory, and now it is. Oh, mate, you've got the most robust mental health, I think, of anyone there. <laughs> How do we go about, like, part of me thinks we should, uh, I should start a, um, uh, like, talk to a, um, what's the word, recruitment. I should have a, a side hustle, which is a recruitment agency where comics who are unhappy with their lot get put into cleaning late night, you know, the, the, the overnight <laughs> shift toilets for a week as a means of slapping them around the face. Do you know what I mean? Like, the, you know. But yeah, I'm going back to the night shift toilets. I remember, uh, oh, mate, fucking hell. The best thing about that was um, I was, uh, I had to ask for the for a day off um, because I was in the So You Think You're Funny final. Ah. Um, and it was like, that was a big cash prize. I remember thinking like, oh, you know what? I'm going to fucking win this yeah. and I'm going to quit. And do you know how I had to get? Do you know how I got the day off? Go on. Um, the the boss, I had to, I had to speak to the boss, and he was like, "What what is what is it you doing?" Like I was like, "Oh, I'm, I'm in the, the final of this competition." And he was like, "Are you funny?" Like, and I was like, "Well, yeah, I think I am. Yeah, that's the whole." And he went, well, "Go on then." No. I had to do me seven minutes. So you think you're funny to the boss and the deputy in an office? Oh my god! In fairness to them, they were laughing, but it, <laughs> it was very humiliating. Who books that? <laughs> <laughs> Holy like, shit, that's yeah. commitment, mate. Well done. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you can have the day off. Had the day off. Um, I remember, um, I don't remember who won or anything like that. I know me and Jack Whitehall didn't get placed. Yeah. Um, and then the next day I went back in the job, cleaning the shit as, yeah. no word of a lie, toilet brush, fucking yeah. over vigorous. I'm sure Jack was doing the same. <laughs> <laughs> over vigorously, um, you know, giving it some with the toilet brush in the toilet. Went in, splashed a bit of wet shit, just hit us on the side of the face. And I just went, okay. It was like, and that's humility. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's why I'm buzzing now. Yeah, right. Okay, good. So what we've learned is if you want to get this level of buzz, you have to make sacrifices, which no one listening to this is prepared to make. Fine. At least we know if you want this happiness, you've got to earn it. Yeah. And, it, you know, you are doing all those... Uh, like I said, there's someone in my life who is uh, uh, moderately depressed and we laugh about the fact that uh, sometimes this person will say to me, how can I get happy? I'll do anything. And I'll say, well, you've got to start doing regular exercise. And they'll go, well, I'm not doing that. <laughs> and that is the life, you know, that's, that's part of the, uh, 
the setup that you have. So what don't you have yet in comedy that you want? Um, I'd love to be doing a lot more uh, TV stuff, really. Like, I'd love to be doing stand-up on TV. You've um, done bits and bobs. You've done the, the done Comedy Central. Bob. Yeah, but it, it's hard to get any uh, momentum going or anything like yeah. that. Like, yeah. So, I'd, yeah, I'd like to do that. Um, and how strategic are you about that? Like, I think these days, if you do a, a bit on TV, mm-hmm. you've got to aim for something to go viral. Mm-hmm. So, like, how can you aim for it? Like, a lot of people try and solve that by trying to do something incredibly contemporary about an app. Or something, or really contentious, or make some swinging remarks about the trans community, or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, whatever I, it is, you've got to say something that's see, going to be controversial somehow. That doesn't seem like you. No, and I, and I and I think is is I don't think that'll last as well. Like it'll it'll look dated from. I mean, you've just mentioned Jerry Seinfeld, which I'm sure what, what was that about twenty years ago? Sure, sure. Dead. I don't think in twenty years' time anyone's going to be. Oh, you seen his bit about the Uber app? Yeah, well, right. I don't, so. But roll plugs will always be there. <laughs> we'll always have roll plugs. Um, but yeah, no, I think um, I think a, a nice little bit of momentum I'm doing at the minute is um, recording every... So my target is now to do the Newcastle Time Theatre every year um, and then record that and put that out online. So just... I think it's online content the way it's going, really. Like So I, I just want to... I just want to... You know, I say TV, but why TV content? up? So I guess what it is, you know, don't show your work and A, B and C. I mm. want to do, I want to just have more content out there all the time. So, yeah. And I think that's very attainable as well. Yes. How is it going to get noticed? What's the distribution plan? Like if you get X number of people come and see your show, mm-hmm. how shareable is your stuff? What, what are you aiming for? Like, are, are you strategizing that kind of like, I've got to put it online, you know, no, putting something got, on YouTube, it's like dropping it in a bucket, isn't it? Or yeah, in the ocean. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I've got no I've got no idea in that front. I, yeah. I think that's where I've um I've, I've I'm clueless. I just put it out, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, then whatever whatever happens, happens. So I guess in that regard I'm not as switched on um for anything. Anyone listening to this who would like to take charge of Carl's online presence? <laughs> 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 but uh you you seem to have something I really like, which is uh, just determination and like get out there and tour, just get out and keep going and keep going and keep going. Mm-hmm. Presumably, part of the thinking is do this for long enough, something's got to stick, mm-hmm. and that is proving itself to be the case. I mean, I saw that picture you tweeted of like, is it Durham? It's like, oh, these are the oh, seats yeah. available left. Very satisfying to be able to look. They're, oh, they've opened the balcony and that kind of thing. You know? Yeah, yeah, that's just like um, you know, it just be, that's just running out of things to say about one gig so you, you know you can just put it out there Durham and then you can put out a video put out another video and I was like okay well, I've done all that I'll take a photo of the seating plan now oh yeah, <laughs> so, yeah no, to- no 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 to- totally yeah I'm not, I'm not having to go at you about oh, that no, at no, all. no not at all um, what I mean is what is the where are your audience coming from apart from those that you're managing the siphon from Ramsey? Like, have you got enough of a following now that they're telling people? Do you think you're at that tipping point where you're starting for it to grow organically? I think so, because the the next lot of tour dates that I've got from October to February um, are ones that I've put in um, without having supported Ramsey on tour. Okay. So that's a good, that's like a good... Um, uh, test to see okay. where, where I'm at. What size rooms are they? Are they kind of experimental size rooms? Well, the Durham one, um, yeah. so you saw the size of that. Yeah, so that's yeah. a 500 seat there. Yeah. Um, uh, the Time Theatre in Newcastle, so that's like 1,200. And I think we've, we've just hit over 500. Uh, but that's not until February. 
And uh, and you're do but you're doing that without a massive TV presence, a big podcasting presence. Mm -hmm. You're doing it without. Um, you're not on radio particularly? No, 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 no. So, you, who are they? You can't see us anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have to come and see you live. Maybe that's part of it. But like, you, like that's, that's amazing. You're putting on 500 seaters. You're doing that thing of like, but it's not like you've got a big YouTube, YouTube channel. Who are these fucking people? <laughs> I don't know, mate, um, but God bless them. And I, <laughs> I, I, I appreciate every one of them. Like, yeah. Um, I don't All I do, I, I send the posters to the venues and... Um, Post office fucking lovers when I arrive and I've got like 20, 20 lots of flyers and posters to to send out. Oh, you're sending them out personally. Oh yeah, yeah. Are you, so you're producing producing your own tour. To um, do it yourself. Yeah, yeah. Well, because you can like we management, you can they can do it, but I'm so much of a cheap bastard. I see how much that would cost us if they did it compared yeah. to if I just took um like a day off during the week to. Um, send them out <laughs> yeah yeah I saved myself quite a bit of money mate so, I've driven posters to you know <laughs> yeah yeah but the best thing about oh, I'm going through there so I'll turn up and put some up in the town mate I, I think I'm the comedian who saved the most on fucking distribution um, because <laughs> what I would also do when I'm packing my suitcase to go on tour with Ramsey um, I would take the print so if I'm going to Swindon I take the print for Swindon um, is the manager kicking about? Hi, I'm Carl. I'm here in six months' time. Uh, here's the print. Yeah. So they've seen your face now. Yeah. Put, and they go and they make an extra effort. They go right. We'll get these up now, and we'll do some exit flyering and all that type of stuff. Oh, thanks very much. Cheers, like that. Eh? As opposed to just here's some print. Sure. Here's another faceless box yeah. of print that you can turn up and. When you turn up to do the gig, you see a hundred of your own flyers yeah, yeah, on the desk at reception. I remember seeing. Oh that. yeah, I'll put them back in my bag. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I take them. And then if if I, I remember Shrewsbury, they were laughing at us because I was like, what, what, "What are you doing?" I was like, "Well, I'm taking my flyers." They went, "Why?" I was like, "Because I'm just going to send these to whatever's on the last date of the yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's some extra. Why the hell would you not do Why that? Why would you leave them here to be pulped? Yeah, they are both. now out of date. Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'm the cheapest, cheapest man in comedy. Yeah, but you'd also you're um you're looking after your own business and no one cares about it as much as you. Yeah, right? yeah that's of like a real Yeah. You know, you see, like, I mean I mean, I'd love to get to the point where I don't give a fuck if I'm saving a couple of grand or not, but I'm not there yet. Sure, so I'll, sure, sure. I'll, I'll, Again, humility. And are there any other are there any other kind of tricks? I don't mean tricks, but like money so, saving. Tips. Well, yeah, <laughs> money saving tips with cards. I don't mean so much. I mean, yeah, but also um, ways of kind of handling your business yourself. Like when you're when you're booking your own tour, are you ringing the venue? To, no, no, no. no. Um, Avalon does that. Okay, right. Um, so they 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 yeah, sort all that out for us. They gotcha. do door splits and. This, okay, like, okay. Know, like ticket prices, you know, they that's all the stuff that like, you know, that's why it's good to have management because sure. and it's good to have people who know all the theatres because that would take a while. Yeah. And I'm not doing that. Um so it's great that they do that. Um but what was the question? I forgot. I don't really know. Um but like oh, yeah. are there any other kind of tricks of yes. being a self-managing tour in Do you wanna do you wanna know how I get cheap hotels? Come on! <laughs> of course I do. Um in the um, were in this room oh hang on we're just coming back to the beginning moment of this podcast I think I've worked out how you get cheap hotels <laughs> <laughs> sorry don't let me interrupt you we're, no no that's fine we're in this room and um, sorry I'm in the room and I, and I hear like a load of uh, work upstairs and I'm on the 6th floor and they're doing the they're getting the whole 7th floor redone so I'm just getting like drills and this that and the other so I go down to complain 
And I talked to Sarah, who's the manager there, and I'm, I'm, I, you know, I'm kicking off again, not proud of it, but I'm like, you know, why would you put somebody in there when, you know, you saw what time we checked in, et cetera, you know, we're the most important people in the world, don't you know? You know that, <laughs> you go down, you're so incredulous and like fucking hotels sometimes. Anyway, um, she was, she said something to the effect of like, um, I've, I've seen you before at a gig. Um, so I was like, oh, all right, okay, no worries. And I went, look, yeah. And she was like, I'll, I'll comp the room or I'll move rooms. I was, it's just, she handled it. And then she followed us on Twitter or something like that. And um, so now what happens is every time I'm doing um, I sort her out with uh, free tickets. And in return, she gets me a friends and family rate. So I pay about 65 quid a room. <laughs> in terms of the way you handle your, uh, your approach to getting things done, to do your approach to your career, seems to be... Work hard, write hard, be nice, stay humble, stay happy, keep going. Yeah, that's that's it really, isn't it? Yeah, you've nailed them. <laughs> are there any other components to it that I haven't nailed? Are there any other things that that you, that are kind of part of the makeup of how you approach it? I mean, I have shit there sometimes, and you just I just have to see out loud. I just go like, God damn it, this is a shit day. Like this is a really shit day, and just go, tomorrow will be better. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. You have days where nothing goes right, and you're not getting anywhere, and you get like a really demoralizing email, and you go, "Oh yeah, it's, it's a no from this on the thing that you were working for." And you just have to, <sighs> right? No worries, okay. Tomorrow will be better. It's fine. Um, I remember the most upset I got was I was I was still teaching, and I was trying to get in with uh, just a tonic, um, big value. Yeah, uh, two thousand eleven, two thousand twelve. Can't remember when it was now, but I'd auditioned from like two thousand nine, so it was something like three. I did three years of trying to get into it, and I remember, I remember like just before I went to the swim baths in the Manchester Aquatic Centre, I just finished school, uh, work, and um, I just got a phone call saying like, ah, no, not this year. I got it the next year, but I don't know why that was the most demoralised I've I felt because it was just like, oh god, and I just thought. Well, you know, it's going to happen again, so you can't really... I don't want to feel like this every time. So you just kind of invent a way of coping with it out of necessity, I guess. And what was that way of coping with it? Just saying, like, fine, no, nobody's died. It's not the end of the world. Let's just keep moving on. It's just rejection, but it's fine. Just, yeah, just move forward. You know that bit in The Matrix where they plug the thing in his head and he goes, I know Kung Fu. I want your, I want your cortex. I want you like... Well, you just get on with stuff, just fine. <laughs> you should do a self-help book. Just, it's, not the end of, it's not the end of the world. It's not the end of the world. Yeah, no, it's just, um, yeah. I, um, I don't know, there's, there's, I mean, Sophie gets us through a lot as well. She just says, like, you know, it's fine. It's fine. Like, you, you'll be fine. Um, she said something one time of, like, I really stuck with it. She was like, I can't remember what happened, but it wasn't good news. And she just went, well, it's not going to define you. So just... Carry on. I went, oh, yeah, that's really, that's really nice, that. And is there, a, is there an equivalent way of dealing with envy? Like, that's one of the biggest things, I think, for comics. Envy and jealousy. Oh, God, yeah, yeah. And um, I, I felt that way about a lot of comedians. Um, and then, again, it's like, well, I don't know. Maybe it's with the maths and statistics. I'm just freewheeling here with, like, an analytical brain. I can go, what is the end result of how of this like line of thinking and yeah 
it's always equals. Do you know what I mean? Like bitterness, like like envy plus jealousy equals bitterness and resentment. And it's like, well, I'm not gonna. That's not how I want to live my life. So just don't think that way. You were like an example out of a textbook of uh, cognitive behavioural therapy. <laughs> really? <laughs> what I do is I just analyse all those thoughts logically, just sort of take them to bits, then just get on with it. Wow. Great. Oh, thank you, mate. <laughs> I've never, I've never spoken at length about um, anything like this. I'm learning stuff about myself. Oh, good. Not... <laughs> okay, okay, I'm glad. I know you've tried a couple. You mentioned the wrestling show that you tried. I just oh, wanted yeah. to talk about that because we were talking about. I was holding forth in the dressing room about finding niches and how that's interesting where people kind of go, oh, I'm going to be this guy. Well, I went for a piss and I came in, I, I caught the back of that. <laughs> and I was like, all right, okay. <laughs> so you made an attempt, you made a, a, a grab for the... Yes, I think it was uh, 2015. It was, again, it was it was a, a 180 from the pre... Oh, sorry, I am, it, was a, it was a 180 from the previous um, year. Um, I think it was 2014, I was at the Pleasance. It was okay. my first year at the Pleasance. Um, it was my second year with Avalon. So I'd, I'd done the Comedy Zone with them the year before. First year at Pleasance, solo. Not a great... The show was weak. What was the show? What was it, it, called? it was called... Here's me show. Um, <laughs> Here's me show. Here's me show. And I thought I thought it was fucking so clever. Me poster. I don't know if you can find it anywhere, but it was. Um, do you know how people always take reviews out of context? Yeah. So I had um, perhaps the most phenomenal comedian in the planet, but each word had its own quotation. So sure. I, I took each word from to form a sentence. Yeah, yeah. And then so the credit was like loads of different publications. Yeah. I thought I was fucking clever. I had a big billboard. It's, fucking... it's a good joke once you're famous and successful. Yeah. <laughs> it's yep. not an opening joke, is it? Trying to run before you can walk. Yeah, all of that. So learn all that the hard way. Yeah. Um, the show was shite. Uh, the attendance was piss poor. And What uh, room were you in? Bunker one, bunker two. Okay. okay. fucking dog shit, mate. And um, I remember... I, Hot I, rooms now. There have been some belted, loads of nominees in those rooms the last couple of years. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, uh, fucking... Didn't didn't see me there at all. But not here, here's me show. Yeah. That's so guileless. I love it. So what? Guileless. What's that word? Um, it, it's just kind of like um, not quite naive, but just sort of <laughs> sort of innocent. Like, yeah. hey, this will be good. Yeah, Do you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like um, maybe maybe naive, but in a clown sense, like yeah. the person who doesn't expect the world to give him a kicking. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> well, certainly responded with a good kicking. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it was it was something like twenty past eight. And it was like, it was just piss poor. It was just uh, not a nice, um, not a nice month at all. And I went, right, okay, what am I going to do so that that doesn't happen again? Again, out of necessity, what am I going to do so that I don't end up feeling the same way? What else do I know? And it was Jason Cook give us the idea. Um, what, it was me, Ramsey, Stephen Petty and Jason Cook. And it was the last day of the festival. And we all drove back in a uh, in this big van and just had a load of beers and just talked a load of shit and stopped off at both McDonald's on the way home. One, <laughs> one for the for the main, the other for the dessert. <laughs> and it was mainly piss stops as well. Um, but then after that, um, Jason was like, "Do a wrestling show." Like, like so, uh, contacted a group called NGW. So that's uh, New Generation Wrestling, uh, based in Hull. Uh, got trained by a wrestler called Rampage Brown, and I so I turn up. On the first day, um, at this this um, this gym in Birdley, and I've got a camera crew, so I was like fucking hell. So I'm like I've got, but all the wrestlers couldn't have been 
nicer. They were, yeah. they were all really like... Ha- had the wrestling happened by this stage? Oh, yeah. At the Pleasant. Couldn't get booked on that for love and money. I'd, I'd, <laughs> okay. I'd email them and uh, tweet Max and Ivan. Um, I used to bother and Facebook message and all that. Yeah, obviously yeah. just went, well, who the fuck's this guy? Like, what? Well, you know what I mean? If it's your show, you've got the right to book who you like, so you go, fair enough. That's another thing as well. Don't, you're on about advice, don't get don't get disheartened when people don't book you. It's like, just go and do, go and find somebody who will. Mm-hmm. It's like, or do your own thing. Yeah, yeah. But, but I suppose what I was getting at is, like the idea of doing a wrestling show, like comedy plus wrestling, had already kind of made an impact at Edinburgh. Yeah. You weren't the first guy. No one was going to look at your poster for your wrestling show and go, oh, comedy and wrestling? Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. Looking back, yeah, you're spot on. I didn't spot that. Yeah, <laughs> tricky. Um, so, yeah, it was it was called Learning the Ropes, yeah. and it was like a part, um, like, documentary stuff. He has a lot of clips. He has a lot of montages. Ended okay. with me having a wrestling match at the end, like, that I uh, recorded and everything. And, um, yeah, it was just like, I remember maybe I got about six wrestling fans in <laughs> for the whole run, and the rest of them were going... What's he talking about wrestling for? And yeah, I remember you saying last night you kind of alienated those people who had enjoyed Here's Me Show. <laughs> oh, mate. <laughs> so it was a lot of like, you know, not getting out the blocks, regrouping, resetting. And so from that, I think, um, well, what was the show after that? I think after that, I just called it Carl Hutchinson Live um, 2017, which again is me next to a Carl Hutchinson Live 2020. Yeah, lovely. Because <laughs> um, it's... Anytime it's live, it's like in brackets. Um, by when we booked the dates, yeah, I yeah, didn't yeah. know what the show was. Sure. So let's just call it live. Um, but from there, it was like the live, and then it was um, the fixer, and then I think after that, there was another. I remember it was a fixer, and then live, and then uh, I know I shouldn't behave like this. And there was Which was the one that had the poster where you'd been beaten up? Learning the ropes. That was learning the ropes. That was the wrestling. So it had it was a it was your big face, mm-hmm. and it was uh, like you'd been you had makeup done as if you'd had your head kicked in. Yeah, yeah. No, no, it wasn't makeup. No? It was um, it was all post produced by um, uh, Jigsaw. Uh, oh, sure, like sort of uh, Photoshop. Yeah, 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 yeah. So okay. uh, so they did me uh, posters and that. So I, they did a cracking job. Uh, they do all me posters now as well. Okay. Um, so yeah, they, they they did all that. Like, um, gotcha. Yeah. I remember seeing that poster and thinking. I don't want to go and see that show. <laughs> Do you <laughs> know what I mean? Like, thing, yeah. like, like that image was like, I, I kind of get it now in context, but yeah. in Edinburgh when it's just face, 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 I was like, ooh, yeah. that makes me kind of feel bad. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's like there's someone who's injured. Oh. Yeah, again, it's like, didn't pitch it right. Yeah. It, it just but, but, and again, in terms of your robust approach to stuff, you tried different things and learned from your mistakes. Yeah, it's it's not a failure if you learn something from it, so it's fine. It just means you're going to get better later on. It's just part part of the process. What would you be happy achieving in comedy? Like, when would you? How do you know when you've? How do you know when you're done? Ah, I don't think anyone's ever done. I think as soon as you do something, you're looking at the next thing to do. I think that's just that's just what what it's like. You know, it's just, um, you don't, again, happy but not content. So I'm happy now. I'll, I'll, I'll always be happy, um, but I'll never be content. Let's finish with this. Have you seen Brian Regan? Um, no, I haven't. He does I, the I, I, best. Need, I need to confess now, you said it last night and I just went along with it. <laughs> <laughs> He's an American actor. He doesn't do much TV. You would, there's no reason you would know him. Right. He, he tours indefinitely. He can do a month in Salt Lake City. Wow. He okay. works clean. He's huge. He's like this juggernaut. 
but he's rarely on TV and he's just an incredibly nice bloke. He's one of the nicest men I've ever met. And he um, he does big, chunky stand-up with big act-outs and you'd love it. Because I that made me think of Regan, that bit, because you're... Uh, like the amount of time you take over getting like you we all we all see the joke uh-huh. and we see it on your face and we know what's coming and you just drop it in beautifully like that so let's just wind up talking about act outs and how you uh how you tweak them and improve them and how they get better over time right um again i think it's a common theme now for uh, the podcast necessity <laughs> um, what happened was um so for instance the to use the example of ordering a kebab when you're drunk yep. um, on a night out, um, the act out came. That wasn't the joke. Again, goes back to Blueprint. Yeah. The joke was um, I was still teaching at the time and um, I was at the comedy store on a Tuesday night. Fuck knows why, because um, I don't know what runs on a Tuesday. But, cutting, uh, oh, you know what? Maybe it was a Sunday and maybe we'd all done new stuff. Okay. And maybe so it was, I remember with me, Mick Ferry, Rob Riley, Damien Locke, and Paddy Lennox and John Robbins. And we're all just sat around, just, you know, it's just how it is after a gig. Everything escalates. And all of a sudden I'm going, right, I'm phoning sick. Yeah. Uh, woke up the next day ready to phone in sick. Rob Riley fucking tagged us in a load of photos <laughs> on Facebook. <laughs> Me other teacher colleagues had uh, commented on it. So I was like, well, they definitely know that oh, I've been on the piss. No. I have to go in. Okay. I went in, I closed the door. I sl- it was icy. It was winter. I slipped and I fell in the snow. So I walked to work with a wet arse and then um, <laughs> had to do the whole day hungover, stinking a drink. And um, I invented a punchline where um, the I went down to help a kid and the kid said, sir, you smell just like me dad. Yeah, okay. That's what I thought was the bit. Yeah. And I remember I was doing it in Edinburgh and I was getting fuck all. And I was like, right, well, I'm not doing this again. So when I'm ordering the kebab, I just made that longer. Yeah. And that's where everything came. And and then I scrapped the, the whole thing after waking up the next day, that was all gone. What became the thing was me going, I, uh, I'll have two of them. And yeah. that was the, the punchline. So I don't know. I think the act out um, goes from, I know where I want to start. I know where I want to end. And I want to leave as much of it to the audience as, as they allow. So if they respond to it, right, great. Yeah, I'll give them a bit more of that, a bit more of that. Um, don't know. Sometimes I'm brushing my teeth and I'll look in the mirror and I'll just, I'll try and pull a face I've never pulled before and I go, where can I put that in? Like, <laughs> yeah, really? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, know, you, you, you shave every couple of days, you, you brush your teeth, you're looking in the mirror, do something, like do, do a performance, to do something that try and make yourself laugh and then go, right, okay, take that. So you're on about faces and act outs. Um, this year, um, I had about three different bits where I was doing a face. I had a blind man in the front okay. and um, the person with him, his friend, Every time I was doing a face, which imagine this just kills any sort of momentum. Oh man! Um, I, I, so I, um, it was a bit of a quiet crowd as well. So I would, you could audibly hear, disgruntled face, <laughs> bless them, angry face. Oh god! And on my third or fifth one, I was doing this face, and she just went to the guy. He's he's just doing another face. And <laughs> <laughs> it just sums up your whole show. He's just doing another face. <laughs> that's 
heartbreaking and wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There's your next tour title. Yeah, he's just doing another fizz. Thanks, man. Hey, thank you. This has been class. So that was Carl. I, I can't stress this enough. I, it's weird. I don't want to sound disingenuous by saying that I was surprised by how good he was uh, when we gigged together recently, but he was consistent. He was very, very funny and totally relatable. The crowd were really on board with him and you just it just goes to show. Get up early in the morning. What was Henning used to say? Get up early in the morning, make a list of all the things you need to do and then do everything on the list. You can't say fairer than that. So, uh, yes, if I say that I was surprised by how good Carl was on stage, uh, it's more, it says more about my uh, lack of research in, uh, in having seen him recently. But, I mean, just, he was just fantastic. I feel I've stressed that enough now. But uh, anyway, good lad, good comic. Next, uh, next week, I think we've got Matt Besser recorded at the Just for Laughs Comedy Festival. Besser is a fantastic... Besser, here am I using his uh, surname like some kind of bosom buddy of his. Oh, Besser, uh, you know, only one of the co-founders of uh, the Upright Citizens Brigade improv company. And also, uh, he is a brilliant, brilliant uh, comic and improviser. His new special, Pot Humour, has just been released. Apparently, you can buy it on all and any digital video uh, video on demand platforms what do we call them now it's just telly isn't it it's just turned back into telly you just get him on telly but telly that you pay for so Matt Bess is coming up soon then we have Greg Turkington aka Neil Hamburger and if you haven't seen any of his stuff do be prepared for an absolute rabbit hole that you can dive into on YouTube of this extraordinary character comic whereby the character is uh, an incredibly jaded embittered and kind of reeking with self-loathing stand-up comic I mean you know arguably more joker than joker but there we go uh, that is all to come and I'm doing some recording soon but of course I never tell you who with unless it doesn't happen but I've got some quite uh, exciting ones racked up that's all for now uh, I hope you do continue to enjoy coming to the tour thank you to Nottingham and thank you to it was such a fun tour date Thanks in particular to uh, superfan Phil, who made a tiny Lego me. <laughs> it really is impressive. I'll put it on the Instagram, at ComComPod, and dare say tweet it from at ComComPod as well. So thanks to everyone that came along to Nottingham, and uh, I'll post Amble about that experience in just a second. But for now, that concludes the podcast. Speak to you next week. So Nottingham, God, I had fun. The first hour, the show, end of, that takes place in the first hour of the evening, was really fun. Just one of those ones where the crowd are laughing at all of your favourite bits. You know, all those little... There's a bit, there's a line in my show where I've had to grow a little bit of gear around it to cope with the fact that it's just for me. I hope it's not hacky to do that, but the, the premise, the bit that I'm doing, uh, is the thing about um, guessing a duck's secret name. If that lets you in on how completely obtuse it is as a piece, if you've seen the show, it's that bit. I had to grow a little comment around it because I keep it in for me... And uh, every so often it makes someone shout laugh. Uh, so it, I absolutely think it's, it's worth keeping in as a little, uh, a little tangential laugh on the way. Uh, but Nottingham, everyone was on board. Best reaction that bit's ever got. And that immediately had that kind of feedback loop effect on me of making me go, well, these people are clearly excellent. Relaxed into it. Superb first section of the show. Loved it. So I decided to take more risks with the Primer-style 
new stuff from notes from a screen in the second half and really pushed myself to go deeper into some very uncomfortable territory, particularly concerning uh, the environment. I've mentioned Matt Winning's brilliant show, uh, his most recent Edinburgh show, It's the End of the World as We Know It. Um, I've mentioned that on the podcast a few times. It affected me profoundly and I think I'm growing some material around the existential and environmental dread that we all seem to be feeling at the moment. Um, I thought, right, let's go into this. These guys can take it. Turned out, arguably, what they wanted was uh, daft little whimsical stuff. Or no, that's not fair to them at all. What they wanted was a comedian with jokes rather than uh, what became a sort of painful lecture on existential and environmental dread. So if you were in the audience, sorry, thank you for staying with it. I mean, I... I don't think anyone seemed to mind. Several people stuck around to encourage me to continue pressing on in that direction. So I'd very much appreciate that if you're one of those. Um, But it, uh, yeah, I don't know. Why would I mention it? Well, it's not that it was sort of an admission of failure, but you do have to go to some darker places. That's the whole point, right? That's a thing I'm very fond of saying. It's all about risks, mate. It's all about risks and being prepared to go into darker places and reach the you know, you've got to hit the bottom to bounce back up. All that kind of territory is what we're talking about, I suppose. And, um, oh, I mean, I just loved that audience. And as a result, I took extra risks. On this occasion, those risks arguably didn't pay off. And so um, I am looking forward to returning to Nottingham with the triumphant stuff that all of the stuff that I was trying has grown into by that stage. But thank you to everyone that came along to that. It was great. And before I leave you and uh, go off and gig, I found myself saying out loud to my wife the other day, well, if all goes according to plan, I die first. And uh, (laughs) although that was a sort of throwaway comment that made sense in the context of trying to plan for your family's future, for your family's financial future, you know, wills and uh, so on, um, insurance and things like that. If all goes to plan, I die first. <laughs> it just struck me as very painfully funny that that is now the plan. And I think it speaks to a sort of wider obsession with mine. I worry that since firing these two child-shaped harpoons into time itself, I do worry that I have become a bit obsessed with my own demise. Suddenly, rather than travelling from a point of, ah, my own birth and schooling and college and then adventure and excitement, rather than travelling forwards through that or from that, I now realise, having had two children, that I'm measuring out my life in a way that I wasn't before because now, you know, I can measure, well, in 14 or so years, Boutros will be 18, Future Girl will be 15, and suddenly you can sort of visualise a version of yourself that you want there. But obviously in those years, I'll be knocking on a bit as well. So it's much harder, I think. Do you find this? If you've got kids, did you start... I mean, let's let's hope it's not a midlife crisis, because if it is, God, you're going to hear about it. Um, <laughs> but I think um, I just have become aware of it. I uh, the, the environmental stuff I was just talking about there with uh, with Nottingham since it's bloody Matt Winning, he's ruined my life. He's basically (laughs) a a kind of joint obsession with my own mortality and the planning, like planning for the rest of your life 
planning for the rest of your life rather than planning for your life. That's the distinction. Rather than thinking, what shall I do next? I just find I'm thinking, what shall I do in the time left for me? In the time remaining. <laughs> God, the time remaining. That might be quite a good title for a show. Um, I find that's what my thoughts turn to all the time now. And not only that, but it's kind of... Um, uh, uh, through the lens, what is it? What is it called? Refracted. That is refracted through this sort of bone-chilling dread about the environment. And then to cap it all off, we've started watching Chernobyl. I mean, God, I'll watch Jared Harris do literally anything, and particularly in The Expanse. I'm an enormous fan of his accent. Um, he's got the Belter accent, which. Uh, I mean, it's indescribable. Watch a clip. <laughs> it should be ridiculous. But he, uniquely among the cast, makes it sound legitimate. Um, he's brilliant. Obviously, Emily Watson, brilliant. All these people are great. Everyone told me about how great Chernobyl was. I'm several years late to the party. I mean the show, not the place. But it's so bleak. God, we're three episodes in. It's all bleak. And then we both go to bed, holding one another, clutching one another and thinking, God, everything's bleak, I hope. I hope everyone's going to be okay. I hope our children are going to be okay. And then in the meantime, rather than sort of soothe my wife and attempt to make her feel better about the world, there's me going, yeah, and I mean, I'm planning now for my death. <laughs> I mean, fuck's sake. Um, that is, uh, oh, a lighter note. <laughs> a lighter note. A friend of mine's uh, four-year-old daughter has started saying, for fuck's sake, every so often. <laughs> so at least there's that. Let's all laugh about it as we hurtle towards the abyss. Bye for now. Could I get a water? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you very much. I was, I was doing it silently, so oh, we didn't need to edit it out. Never mind. Done. Well, do you know why I asked? Because I didn't want to just hand you me glass. Oh, as yeah, if you are like me, oh. me servant or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, we can leave that in. That, that, that was a touching insight into how what a nice boy Carl is. <laughs>